0: The Navy's recent report about its cyber readiness contains a jaw-dropping confession. Don't take our word for it. It's on page six. The Navy says the systems the U.S. relies on to mobilize, deploy and sustain forces have been extensively targeted by potential adversaries and compromised to such extent that their reliability is questionable. Bill Evanina, the director of the National Counterintelligence and Security Center in the office of the director of national intelligence, wants that single sentence in the 80-page report to sink in for a second. He tells executive editor Jason Miller why it ought to be a call to arms for every agency. With well, the Navy's report on their re- resilience and reliability, I think is that watershed moment for not only for the Department of Defense, but for all agencies in the federal government, and I would even proffer in the private sector, to have an honest internal look at their systems, their data, their capabilities, their protection mechanisms, and where they have vulnerabilities and how the threats are manifesting in their organization. And I think the Navy's willingness to bring a blue ribbon panel in to take a really hard, candid look at their capabilities and their vulnerabilities will be that watershed moment. I think all agencies should take a hard look at and say, hey, what can we do that's similar to this to look at our own processes and our protection models?
1: One of the big things that we've seen time again, there's a lot of talk around supply chain over the last, I would say, 18 months, maybe 24 months. Are you seeing from where you sit in in ODNI progress? Are you seeing, or is it a lot of... Uh, for lack of a better word, lip service. I'm
0: seeing a lot of progress, and I'll say progress with respect to mobility and uh, mobilizing forces and understanding and putting task forces together with respect to actually implementing changes. I think that will come. But like I mentioned, we have to get the lexicon and the vernacular down as to what the supply chain mean. It means many things to many people, depending on where you sit. And we have to get some common core framework around that first, and then we have to take swift action. And using that Navy report and other reports in the private sector to understand Two things. Number one, how our adversaries are vectoring in using our supply chain, and what are the most risk based fundamental uh, matrices we could use to protect against that?
1: When you talk about some common standards, is that difficult because you have, for telecom, they have different common needs than for financial services, which is different than maybe for government? Or do you believe that there's some sort of I'll call it a floor that everyone can start at.
0: I think there's a floor that everyone can start at no matter what you do and what sector you're in, understanding the, the baseline fundamental concepts of supply chain risk mitigation, right? That's been around for a long time. What can your company or your business or your government agency do to have a core fundamental framework? And then above that, depending on what your sector you're in and what you make or what you do, will resonate with respect to how much in-depth action you'll get from a cyber, CIO, CISO, CSO, uh, Chief Data Officer, who's going to integrate, implement your protective apparatus around your company?
1: So we've seen some efforts around that. Through for instance, NIST, National Institute of Standards and Technology, has some supply chain risk mitigation, uh, special publications. We've seen some efforts from DHS. We've seen some private sector efforts. Uh, your office has, has been out in front of it. What needs to happen to create that floor and those common baseline standards?
0: I will reiterate what you just said. Between NIST and DHS and DOD have some really good, solid programs out there to help uh, mitigate the risk that we see, not only with our suppliers, but in the private sector. In our shop at NCSC and throughout the ODNI, we're trying to be that uh, smooth muscle tissue glue that brings those organizations together. Uh, And NCSC specifically, because we have one foot in the intel community and one foot in the rest of the government, we find it really functionable to bring desperate parts of the government together to have some core pillars and to be able to understand what NIST is doing and how that helps DHS and how it helps DOD. But more importantly, how does it help Department of Energy, Department of Education, and Social Security Administration?
1: So how do you create that connective tissue? Because... One of the challenges is the Intel world and the DoD world feel like there's a separateness to it versus the civilian world. But everyone is facing the same sets of challenges. And, you know, you buy an IT for the, the Army and you buy an IT for Interior Department, they have they have very similar concerns about where that IT is coming from, what, what's the... Uh, chain of custody for supply for the, the supply chain so maybe talk a little bit about how does your organization bring those bring everyone together
0: what we do in the ncsc as well as with the writ large odni we're great at bringing people together we we are put together for the sole purpose to bring a desperate organization together for one common goal we hold many conferences councils meetings and bring that integration from the intelligence community with the non-title 50 organizations with the private sector to say hey what can we learn and share together at the same time Time, what risk do we all see that we can mitigate collectively or individually? But having people and the ability for us to bring people into one room is the most valuable thing we have. And that cost is free.
1: Is that happening? How often? Like you mentioned at, at this INSA event, you just had a meeting, for instance, with some CEOs and you, you really appeal to them about the, the cost and, and the importance of supply chain. How often is that happening with the government? We have several different task forces. We have an ICIT supply chain task force from DHS. We have a new supply chain procurement council that's being stood up by OMB. Where do you fit in there and how often are you bringing people together outside of those two maybe organizations?
0: That's a great question. And all those councils and the task forces and what DOD's putting together, new, new legislation, there'll be an executive order coming out soon. I think our job is to be a part of all of that so that we can integrate different parts of it. And I think when we can go to one council today and the next council tomorrow and then leverage what we learn from both and share that, that's the value of true uh, collaboration integration, which I believe the IC is, is proud to do, especially when you have to take known vulnerabilities and threats from the IC and make sure that's promulgated throughout the rest of the government and private sector. That's the value we bring
1: one of the key things you mentioned was about acquisition and you you said that is uh, in your view one of the weakest links of the entire process is there anything that you're seeing that's happening around acquisition that gives you some hope is there anything that you're doing uh, from your organization's perspective to help promote the acquisition i mean you can bring people together and you can tell them to do it mm-hmm. but in the end until they do it we're still facing that weakest link.
0: Yeah, I would say that the acquisition and procurement community has to be part of the solution. And they are a critical part of everything we do in the government and I would say in the private sector as well. But I think they're the least educated with respect to the counterintelligence and security threat. Uh, their job is to uh, acquire, uh, procure, and get things online as soon as possible. We have an obligation to advise and inform them of what those threats around that look like, provide them the tools that they could have to be able to do some basic due diligence. We set out some standards recently to talk about what those due diligence standards are, and our job is writ large in the counterintelligence community is to provide them some tools they can more effectively do their job.
1: Are those tools still, are they out there to be used? Are they still in draft form?
0: They're out there to be used. And our shop, our supply chain shop at NCSC, leveraged those back in 2017 as well. Now, our we have to go back and, uh, I guess, validate whether or not those things are actually working and whether the acquisition community across the government and across uh, the private sector is actually using that. And some of that, Jason, I'll be honest with, if you're going to award a contract for a printer or a fax machine. Just Google the company, and make sure they exist, right? And then, if for, then forget about going the next step to see whether they're foreign owned or controlled. Like, right? let's 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 just make sure they're a legitimate company.
1: And that's actually gonna that's great. So, because there's some short term and there's some long term things that are, that can be done. On the long term, we know that the Federal Acquisition Council that's being done, led by OMB, is going to come up with with some best practices, some potential directives. But in the short term, while we're waiting for that to happen, I think that's one great suggestion is to just Google the company. Are there other things that you'd point to that says, "Hey, here's you know things that that, that can be done."
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, the, uh, the resource list we just handed out at this conference lists a bunch of items and, more importantly, points you directly to like the NIST website, DHS website, uh, and ODNI, and DOD's website to say, hey, here's some five minimal things we could do. And I, I'd like to juxtapose this Jason, to the insider threat program and cyber programs. Right? We've built some minimum requirements in both of those, and in cyber, some basic hygiene. I think we have to look at the supply chain construct the same way. What are some minimum requirements? And then build upon that with a maturity model.
1: April is the Supply Chain Integrity Month, kind of a new push, if you will. I think it's a couple years old now. But give me a sense. What should agencies, what should contractors look out for, either from your office or more generally from the government this month? Anything new, anything that they should, that they could kind of hang some, oh, that's coming and I can use that for to, to really take the next step to secure my supply chain?
0: April is going to be our second annual Supply Chain Integrity Month, Awareness Month, to be able to understand what does it actually mean. So I think the question I would ask every federal employee out there and contractor is go back Ask your organization, what are you doing to help advise and inform the supply chain integrity? What are we doing in our organization to protect our supply chain integrity? And every single government employee and contractor has a role in this. This is not owned and operated by the CIO or the CISO. We all, as government employees and contractors, own a piece of the stake of the supply chain integrity. So we're all part of this, and that encompasses cyber and human resources and the insider threat to be able to penetrate our supply chain is everyone's ability to help mitigate that from a defensive posture. So my message to federal employees and contractors would be, ask what you can do to help be part of a solution with the Supply Chain Integrity Month.
1: Bill Evanina
0: is director of the National Counterintelligence and Security Center in the office of the director of National Intelligence, speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
1: Hi, I'm John Henney, fourth generation owner of Henney Jewelers in Shadyside. When it comes to shopping for a diamond engagement ring, be sure you're getting the very best value. Before you think about purchasing a ring anywhere else, please stop into Henny Jewelers to compare. Our friendly team will make you comfortable and never pressure you. We are confident we'll help you find or create your dream ring at the absolute best value. Stop in to Henny today or go to hennyjewelers.com to make an appointment. Henny Jewelers. We're
0: your jewelers for life.